listening to episode 4 of Girl Talk, brought to you by your host, Kendall Frobig, on 91.3 WHJE. Welcome back to Girl Talk with 91.3 WHJE. I'm your host, Kendall Brobig. Before we do get started, I do want to just acknowledge the elephant in the room. I have a cold. I know. I am so sorry for the way that my voice is sounding. It fades in and out and it cracks and I just, I hope we can move past it together and just forget about it. I'm hoping to get over the cold in the next couple of days, but it just has been a lingering thing and I wanted to acknowledge it because I know it must sound terrible. So yeah, we're just going to get right into it, but before we do, I do want to do my usual station plug. Molly Kosiba, our website manager, has been doing so much amazing work to our station, making so many changes to the website and... I highly encourage you to go look at it. I know I say this every week and it's just sounding like like a broken record at this point, but I need you guys to check it out. Like there is some seriously awesome content on there. We've installed a new blog feature, which allows you to read blog posts from our station members and staff members about the work that they're producing. And you might even go check out the blog and see that there's a new show that you might like a little bit better than mine, one that you wanna listen to instead. Uh, There's a vast amount of podcast work and live show work that you could listen to if you listen to our station live at 91.3 WHJE Carmel. And Molly has also put the live sports Twitter feed on the right side of the website. So if you are on the website, you can see the live updates of the game or you can also listen to the game if listening live once again. You have political shows and crime shows and music shows that you can listen to. There is something for everyone. I highly encourage you, go check out the website. You can even read some of our station member bios. I think almost every single member at this point has a bio uploaded to the station website. So you can read about me or you can read about one of your friends in radio. There is an endless amount of opportunity on the station website, so please go check it out. And with the recent changes being made to the website, it's important to stay connected to your favorite shows by following us on Instagram. Make sure you check out our page at GirlTalkWHJE. We have a big announcement coming in the coming weeks, so make sure to be on the lookout for that. You should also follow WHJE underscore radio on Instagram, and that's the station Instagram account. The station Instagram releases updates constantly about what's going on at the school and what's going on with your favorite live shows and your favorite podcasts, so make sure to stay connected. WHJE has also started doing awareness month, meaning each month we will have a new topic we want to keep you guys as our listeners informed about. The awareness themes for the month of September are childhood cancer awareness and suicide awareness. So I am doing a mini podcast alongside Will Courtney and Maylee O'Brien that focuses on childhood cancer awareness. So make sure you come back for that. This week, though, I did want to honor our Awareness Month on my show, so we are discussing support systems in lieu of Suicide Awareness Month. So I ask you guys, who do you rely on most when you're in your times of need? Who do you reach out to when you have just found out the best news? Is it someone you have known for a really long time? Maybe a new friend, parent, or sibling? Regardless of who you rely on, it is important to make sure you have someone, or better, multiple people. The group of people that I'm talking about is called your support system, or support network. As defined by Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a support network is a network of people who provide an individual with practical or emotional support. 
what does that really mean, though? To me, it just sounds like a bunch of words, so let's break it down. Providing an individual with support is something that can come in many different forms. It's really just a way of providing your services wherever that person may need them, whether that is around the house or hearing them out when they're down. The first kind of support one can provide is practical support. Practical support is a lot more physical than emotional. This is a form of support you provide when the person you are caring for is having a difficult time moving around. Whether that is a side effect of an illness or treatment, or if it's a mental effect caused by something like depression. There are many things you can do to practically, physically, support a friend or loved one in need. This starts off with basic care, such as preparing meals. There are so many things that can weaken the body. It's important to encourage loved ones in need to practice proper food safety and hygiene practices. When undergoing tough times, such as illness or times of mental health depletion, it becomes easy for your loved ones to experience changes in appetite or motivation. Another form of practical support you can provide is helping with their environment, making it a safer and more comfortable place for them to be. This can include rearranging furniture for them, cleaning with them, overall making their environment a more pleasant and comfortable place. A lot of times, Practical support implies some type of helpful action, so the possibilities are really endless for the types of things you can do to help the person you care for practically. A few more examples include, but are not limited to, driving them places, carrying their books after a school injury, or helping them with their schoolwork. The idea behind practical support is that you are helping them complete physical tasks that have become too difficult to do on their own. There are many things that can cause this to be the case. Injury, illness, mental health, all take a mysterious and serious toll on our minds and bodies. Sometimes it becomes too much of a tax to go about the everyday tasks that once seemed easy. The effects can take quite a toll on our emotions too. That is where your forms of emotional support come in. Sometimes the best form of support you can give may be the kind you provide unbeknownst to the receiver. It may seem obvious that people are able to benefit more from the support when they know that they are receiving it. However, psychology today suggests that that's not always the case, stating research suggests that receiving overt support can make people feel dependent, ineffective, or indebted. All negative feelings unlikely to make someone feel confident about their ability to handle stressors. Let's break that down. Clear and prominent support can definitely come across as overbearing if not done properly. However, what Psychology Today is trying to say is that when overt support is offered, those on the receiving side of it feel as though they cannot help themselves a lot of the time. This is odd to us, though, as the ones providing the support. Why would someone feel worse after receiving support? It just does, so we have to, as the ones providing, adapt. Invisible support can come in many different forms, but really is best shown by your actions and your ability to listen to the words the person you care for is expressing. Make sure you are attentively listening to what they have to say. This is called providing reassurance. It shows you care and are listening without creating an overwhelming sense of negativity for the person being cared for. Monitor your facial expressions, make eye contact, and be sympathetic where need be. The look of someone who cares versus that of someone who does not is noticeably different. Make sure to demonstrate your care for not only the situation, but the person's feelings as well. According to research done by the University of Minnesota, individuals who received indivisible support experienced decreasing amounts of frustration, anger, and stress when discussing something they wanted to change about themselves with a partner. 
If you want to learn more about invisible support, the study done by U of M is called Getting Under the Radar, a dyadic view of invisible support and can be found when searched into Google. Invisible support is one of many forms of emotional support one can provide for another in times of need. Emotional support comes from a place of being genuine and encouraging. You are there to help, not control. Ask the person you care for how you can help. If they say there isn't anything you can do, ask if they're sure. Ask if they are okay, if they want to talk about whatever is going on in their life. Providing emotional support revolves a lot around making sure the person you love feels cared for. Once this person has opened up to you, maybe speak on what's troubling them, validate them, or their concerns, and maybe even sometimes both. Providing emotional support is crucial in times of mental health depletion as well as illness or recovery. Emotions are something that can become just as heavy to carry as physical limitations. Our emotions are a different kind of battle we face, seeing as though most of the time we have no control over them. When one is speaking on their emotions, it is very important to avoid judgment. Someone facing a difficult situation may already face some self-judgment of their own. They don't need you, someone who is supposed to be in their corner, judging their every move as well. Oddly enough, one of the last things you should do is give advice. Unless provoked or asked for, advice tends to come across in a negative manner. Rather than jumping them with the, well, what I would do is, notes, you should provide them with reflective questions. Reflective questions allow them to come to conclusions on their own. Such examples include, have you been in this spot before? How did you help yourself then? Or, can you think of a specific thing you can do to work on to do better in the future? Or maybe, have you been helped with this in the past? How can I help? Support, both practical and emotional, is great from one person, but can be amazing from a group of people. Whether you are a member of one support network or you are in need of your own, there are multiple ways to go about forming these connections that will help you develop a support network that you need. You can even look at it from different perspectives as well. From a professional standpoint, you may want to look into work colleagues that provide you with help you need to adequately perform at your job. From a scholarly point of view, you may want to look at a classmate. Regardless of your perspective, the first step to, is to be bold. Get out of your comfort zone. You want to make friends, form connections that allow you to become close with someone, close enough that you can create trust and dependability. A support network doesn't always work properly if its members don't trust one another. In developing trust, you allow further bonds to be made as you provide support for one another. Another good way to get started is to look at individuals in your own life already providing support for you. This may include family, close friends, and teachers. Now, I do have a personal story that relates to this exact thing. Looking at those individuals in your own life was something that I had neglected to do until yesterday, which would have been Thursday. I was finalizing the research for this and I was a little behind. I needed to start recording as soon as possible, but I was still doing research because I wanted to make sure I got all the best information for you guys here. So I was at school and I was doing some research for the podcast and I looked up the suicide hotline number because I wanted to make sure that I could include that at the end so that I could provide that for you guys if it ever comes in need. And, you know, I looked it up on a school computer, which as most of you may know, you should never do because it immediately gets flagged by the school's like red flag system if um, keywords are looked up. So later in the day, I got called down to the office and I was nervous because I didn't know what I'd done. I was, I was afraid I was in trouble. So I was called down and 
I ran into my avid teacher in the hallway, Mr. Kluver, and I saw him and I was like, hey, do you know what this is about? And he said, yeah, I have some idea. Um, do you remember our conversation this morning? And earlier that morning, I had just asked him what month it was to make sure to clarify that it was September, the Suicide Awareness Month, and then I then again googled it to make sure to solidify it so I had the correct information. And I said, you mean our conversation about Suicide Awareness Month? And he said, yeah, we just, we're just trying to be safe. And he goes, I'll walk down with you and get you uh, situated with the, um, with the woman you're meeting with. So we walked down to the counseling office and I was getting increasingly anxious. My anxiety was building in my chest and I was clearly nervous. We walked in and the two girls at the front were so nice and they helped me. They they asked me to sign in and Mr. Kluver, my avid teacher, he, he pointed to the direction of the room that I'd be going into. And so I went over, I walked over and there's like a window there that you could poke into the room to see who all's there. And there was like six administration members there. And, Oh my gosh, I got so nervous. <laughs> I was like, Mr. Kluver, this is not the right room. I'm not supposed to be in here. And then he's like, oh my gosh, you're right. That's not the right room. Don't worry, you can calm down. And so then we walked back and he introduced me to the social worker that was then going to talk to me about what I had searched and why. And I just explained to her like, oh my gosh, I'm totally fine. I'm doing a podcast. And she was like, oh, I totally understand. And she was like, do you want Mr. Kluver to stay with you? I gave him a call and he's the one that like notified me and said that you were probably just doing research, but we just wanted to be sure. And so my point in sharing this story with you, however, however much of a joke and how funny it may be, I wanted to share this story because it shows that you have people supporting you even when you have no idea. My teachers and that woman, Mrs. Winnegar, my social worker, she supported me and they, Mr. Kluver and my English teacher who also said that's probably just um, research, they both supported me. So I have that group of support, that support system that I didn't even know about. So again, make sure to check your professional and social networks to see if you have people that are supporting you and they may already be in your life without you even knowing it. You should attend social events with people that you are wanting to introduce into your social network. Be vulnerable with them to further develop a sense of trust. Once you have established a sense of trust, make sure you maintain the relationships. Keeping in contact, check in with your support network often. The sense of mutual dependability is important because it shows that you are there for them just as much as they're there for you. You may wonder, why does one need a support system? You might think, I've been getting along just fine without five or six people watching my every move. I don't need that. You'd be wrong in thinking that, unfortunately. Support systems are important for everyone, even if you aren't going through a tough time. This group of people is there for you when your parents aren't, when you're fighting with your siblings, or when you fail a test. They're also there for you when you make the game-winning shot at state, or maybe you win an award for an amazing production work you did, or maybe if you get 100% on your term paper. According to the American Bar Association, Research has shown that having a strong support system has many positive benefits, such as higher levels of well-being, better coping skills, and a longer and healthier life. Studies have also shown that social support can reduce depression and anxiety. All of these are good things. Out of that, I don't think one can reasonably argue that social support networks are a thing you don't need. Luckily, if a support system is something that you either don't feel you need or something you don't feel that you can get, there are other sources of support you can get out there. 
That includes the National Helpline. According to the Helpline's website, the National Helpline is a confidential, free, 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year information service in English and Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental and or substance abuse disorders. This service provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. Callers can also order free publications and other information. The National Helpline is not the only service providing support. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is also a service that provides around-the-clock support. According to the website, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provide free and confidential emotional support to people in suicide crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Even if you cannot find help within your own household, friend group, or support system, there is always an answer and someone there to help. You are not alone. If needed, the National Helpline phone number is 1-800-662-HELP or 4357. The Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. If you need help, reach out. If you see someone who needs it, reach out. Like we learned from last week's episode, if you see something, say something. Seemingly a mindless phrase that we say over and over again, having learned it at age two, it is something crucial and fundamentally one of the most important cliches that has ever been generated. You need to speak up if you see someone in distress or hurting. It can never hurt you to reach out to say, hey, how are you? It can never hurt to maybe notify an adult if you see someone who seems more upset than they did the day before. It's so much better for you to be safe than it is for you to be sorry. This month, I encourage you to form a support system of your own. They can be so very important and helpful to you in your everyday life. It can never hurt to help yourself the best way you can. Rather than doing a question of today for today's episode, I want to hear from you guys as an audience. After I post this episode, I'm going to publish a poll on my Instagram story. It's going to ask you guys to shout out the one person that has done amazing things for you. Who is someone you look up to? Who is someone who always makes you feel loved? Who is your hero? This month and every month, really, it's important to make sure people know they're cared for. So after listening, go to at GirlTalkWHG on Instagram and shout out that important person. Or if you'd rather shout them out with an explanation as to why you did, you can do it under today's Instagram post. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and make sure to be on the lookout for announcements and other exciting things. Go check out the station website, whje.com. This has been Kendall Frobig with Girl Talk, episode 4 on 91.3 WHJE. I will see you guys next week.